Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. The runners lead at first and second base. One out. The infield at double play depth. The pitch is bounced to third. Arenado steps on third. Throws to first. Double play. Double play. Red Bird winner. That's right, a wet, a Redbird winner last night. That's what makes John Rooney a great broadcaster in this difficult last place season. It sounds like they're in the World Series. We're joined now by Tom Ackerman at the New Bold BMW Toyota Sports Desk. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Scott. Well, yeah, you got to have a little fun. You got to have a good time, especially when things aren't going well. The Cardinals pick up a great win yesterday. Great call. Well, what were your takeaways from the game? Uh, terrific play there at the end by Nolan Arenado. Terrific pitching performance by Steven Matz. Uh, after Matz came in, the Cardinals bullpen was able to hold, and JoJo Romero in a tough situation. Looks like Al Roboski out there with his <laughs> getting himself psyched up, lefty, and gets the job done, and the Cardinals pick up a win. I mean, you know, everything that happens from here on out is a precursor to 2024 and we continue to monitor what this team will look like and you know you get excited when you can see good performances out of the team knowing full well that you're not going to be one of the teams in the postseason but also the fact that 29 teams are going to go home disappointed this year one team's going to win it and everyone else is going to have to rebuild for next year and as much as i hate it I've accepted the fact that the Cardinals have to start now, and I'd rather be in the position of building right now than, you know, pretending like this team is going to win the World Series. I mean, that they even if they had gone on a hot streak, I'm not sure they're a team that can contend with the pitching that they have. So the Cardinals' number one project in the offseason is to add three starters. I think they will absolutely go after that and learn their lesson and try to win with a great rotation. It's going to cost them in terms of trades and money, but I think they could pull it off. In the meantime, you have to look at what you have now and what the Cardinals have now are some players who are competing to get the eyes of uh, the, not only the Cardinals, but other teams if they get traded and show what they can do. And I, I think that makes these games intriguing from that standpoint. I mean, it's Major League Baseball. It's the St. Louis Cardinals. And they have some good young players also who are developing right before our eyes. Well, tell me a little bit about J, JJ, or I'm sorry, Jojo Romero. What do you know about uh, him? He's lefty reliever, good, good reliever. I think somebody who could jump right into the closing situation if he needed to, as he did yesterday. A veteran, he's been around. Cardinals acquired him from the Phillies last year. 
And I think uh, he has emerged as a big part of the bullpen next year. I think he's a keeper. Now, he dealt with some injuries. Uh, he also pitched in the World Baseball Classic for Mexico. Um, so, you know, he's thought of very highly as somebody who can pitch in big situations. And now that he's healthy and he's showing what he can do, I'm glad that he's part of it. Well, Cardinals Nation is certainly talking about Adam Wainwright after the dismal performance he had last out, and he had a dismal performance before that. So what do you think the Cardinals should do for the rest of this season with Wainwright? Well, I'll tell you what they should do, and I'll tell you what I think they're going to do. Um, I think what they should do is put him in the best position to get his 200th win and not start him anymore uh, because the Cardinals, when they – you know, we've seen it over and over again now. When he goes out there and starts, he's getting blown up. I think the best path to 200 wins would be to use an opener uh, like a Zach Thompson, who did this just the other day. Uh, he can start the game. You build a lead. You put Wainwright in there, and you get him, you know, in the fourth or fifth inning, get him eligible to win the game. And then – you, you stack those wins. In the end, I don't think anybody cares how you got the 200 wins. You got the 200 wins. Now, Adam's not going to like that. Uh, he, he's going to want to start the game because he's got a lot of pride and because he's done this his entire career. So what I think is going to happen is that they'll continue in this lost season in the standings, uh, but with confidence from him that he's still healthy and can do this, that they're going to continue to start him. But we'll, we'll see what Ollie Marmel says on sports on a Sunday morning later today. That sounds good. I know you're a big college football guy. What do you have your eye on in terms of the local teams this year? I, I like Mizzou's defense a lot. Uh, I think Mizzou's defense is going to be very, very good, one of the best in the SEC. I just don't know – if their quarterback situation is clarified, that concerns me a little bit. I like their offense and the way their array of receivers are talking about this offense. It sounds like they're going to have a number of targets to throw to. I just don't know who's going to throw it. Is it going to be Garcia? Is it going to be Horn, the young prospect? Um, or is it going to be the incumbent Brady Cook from St. Louis? And, if it's a variety of quarterbacks, I guess it's okay, but I'd like one to take it and run with it. So for me, I'd like a little clarity to show that they're going to be able to protect that quarterback and run a good offense to pair with a defense that I think is outstanding. Um, I really do. Now, I I mean outstanding. I mean, the SEC outstanding defense would be like an Alabama or a Georgia. I think that they're they're the second tier, but I think it's a really good defense. I do think that the SEC is a different level of talent, and I don't think they're one of the better teams in the SEC. But I do think that they can compete. One of the biggest barometers will be if they can get through their first two games, the K-State game on September 16th. K-State is going to be a nationally ranked team. And if they can beat K-State at home in that early game on September 16th, I think there's a chance they could start to roll a little bit. They play in St. Louis on September 23rd against Memphis at the Dome, first time they've been at the Dome in forever, and I'd love to see how that turns out. On the Illinois side, I think same thing. I think Illinois is a tough, gritty, strong football team. Brett Bielema has built this team with a foundation of great line play, just like he did at Wisconsin, like he tried to do at Arkansas, and – they don't know who their top skill player will be 
at quarterback. I think that that's, you know, will they have great quarterback play? I don't know. I, I don't know if they will or not. So I think those are a couple of questions. But I think they're both very talented, Mizzou and Illinois. And I think they'll both be uh, bowl teams. I, I don't know if they can overtake some of the better teams in their conference, though. Well, on that same subject of college football, I can't even keep up with who's going where next year in terms of the conference alignment. But overall, uh, what's your assessment of what's happening? Well, I mean, I'll tell you, it's it's right now you've got the Big Ten has acquired four Pac-12 teams. They've acquired USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington. And those schools aren't going to be in there this year, but they will be in, in the near future. And then the Pac-12 is also close to losing Cal and Stanford to the ACC. Uh, I'm not sure that's been voted on quite yet, but I guess getting there. And Colorado has left the Pac-12 for the Big 12. So what you found recently, to put it simply, is the Pac-12 is falling apart. Um, it all goes to money, and it all goes to TV revenue and and where these schools think they're going to be in the best position to, to succeed moving forward. It's not about geographics or the number of teams in the conference anymore. It's about being part of a group that you can share revenue and succeed in that fashion. So it's, you know, like anything else, money, the college football and college sports are a lot different than they were 50 years ago or even 40 or 30 or 20 years ago. The money is crazy big and tv contracts are huge and they are you know the more people watch and the more people spend on it uh the bigger it gets and now the nil money and players are going to get paid it's a business it's a it's a big business so i don't uh you know i'd love to go back to the days where i was watching the big eight (laughs) <laughs> but those days are over. Uh, you know, I, I I have just sort of come to accept the fact that the power conferences are taking over. Now, there is an opportunity, I guess, for, you know, some of these mid-major basketball programs to still succeed if they can find the NIL money to do it. Because if you can get big donors to contribute to your program, in theory, you could attract local players to stay home and play and give them the opportunity to earn NIL money through endorsements or however that's handled. Um, you know, and you could, benefit, you could have a big basketball star still play for the local team. I don't know in football, however, if that really helps any of those teams. The football is a different animal. I mean, you got to have a yeah. lot of players to have a great football team. Well, how about DeMar Hamlin taking the field yesterday for the Bills after months after almost dying on the field? We all remember that. Man, I I just it's remarkable that he's been able to get to this point. And I I, I would think the mental aspect of it is probably the hardest. Yeah, it's amazing, really. Um, Watching him, it was emotional actually watching him run out onto the field yesterday. I did that story, as you know, at 7.15 about his game against the Colts. He drops the guy for a loss on a fourth and one. Uh, He ends up with three or four tackles, plays two-plus defensive series. It's it's awesome. It really is. And, yeah, think about – and it's one thing to be out there playing, but to to understand what just happened. You know, these guys are just different. Um, You know, these professional athletes 
playing at the highest level and for him not only to be in a uniform and playing football, but to play among the best in the world after all that he went through, that's incredible. It yeah. is incredible. And it's a tribute to all of the people, starting with the very first responders who got mm -hmm. to him on the field, to those who worked with him at uh, Cincinnati's uh, medical center there, and then all the way through yep. to, to continuing today as he continues to, to rehabilitate himself. What a story. Well said. What do you have coming up at 10 o'clock? We have two hours of sports, including Cardinals manager Ali Marmel. Uh, we have SLU soccer coach Katie Shields. We have Lutz Fandensteel, the sporting director of St. Louis City SC. I think we're going to give John Moselock a Sunday off uh, with this being an off day for the Cardinals, but I'll confirm that here in just a little bit. Uh, we also will talk about a lot of things coming to St. Louis, IndyCar, PGA Tour champions, and a look, I think it's time, as you mentioned, to look at college football in the NFL. So we'll do a lot of football today as we are two weeks away from a college football weekend and the big one being Labor Day weekend. But we'll have a lot to do here on Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX from 10 to 12 on what is a rare off day. I don't remember in years and years and years unless there's a rain out that the Cardinals were off on a Sunday. I was thinking the same thing, uh, but the show sounds good. Talk to you later, Tom. Thanks, buddy. All right, Tom Ackerman getting set for sports on a Sunday morning coming up at 10. It is 7.57. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.